You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 198. Well, hey there, impact driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. Today, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about taking your seat at the table. You've probably heard me talk a lot about that, about getting your seat at the table and what that looks like and why it's important. And you may be wondering exactly how to do that. What do I need to do to get my seat at the table? Today, we're going to talk a little bit about what you need to do to get your seat at the table and how to know when it's time to just do it. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by my free masterclass on defining, measuring, and communicating PMO value. You're going to learn the best techniques for showing your PMO impact. So if you're wondering how to show the value of your PMO, how to up-level your PMO to deliver value more quickly, what metrics will impress your business leaders most, why fixing project management doesn't seem to get the expected results, and if there really is a way to get it all done without losing your sanity in the process. Because here's the deal. You're busy And you don't have time to waste reading 10 different books with conflicting guidance and scour the internet for a ton of pieced together articles that seem to only get average results. By the way, the average PMO success rate is still sadly around 50%. So you don't want to follow the average guidance. Average guidance, average results means you're probably looking for a new job in two years. So by saving your spot in this training, that is free, you're going to put yourself first in line to learn the high impact measurement techniques that until now have been exclusively reserved for my private clients and Impact Engine PMO students. That's right, I'm sharing some of the hundreds of secrets I've teached my IEPMO students so that you can uncover what my students have by putting into practice these very techniques. So just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash value. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash value and join us for one of our upcoming free training classes. Okay, let's dive in. Are you curious about what it really takes to earn a seat at the table? No matter what role you're in now or where you sit in the organization, for you to be able to make the biggest impact possible with your PMO and with your projects, you have to get a seat at the table. That's why I talk about this so much, and it really is what makes a difference for business leaders, and frankly, it's what you need to be to be a business leader that is well-respected and listened to and understood and really positioned to drive business value. You've got to be doing the things that we're going to talk about today, and you have to get your seat at the table. That's it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, my friend. So let's talk about what it really takes to get that seat at the table so that you can help your organization deliver on strategy with the highest possible return on investment as quickly as possible. Because that is your role, by the way. That's what you're supposed to be doing. The PMO is not about templates and methodologies and a bunch of certified project managers. You may have those things, but they don't define who you are and the value you bring to the table. So that's step one, is that we've got to revisit how you see yourself, and the value you should be bringing to the table. Remember, the templates and tools and process, all of that stuff 
is the means to the end, not the end and of itself. So that's why I discourage people from naming their PMO by a methodology. You wouldn't want to name your PMO an agile PMO, just like you wouldn't want to name your PMO a waterfall PMO. I mean, let's get real. That's not where your value is. There's a reason that our students call their PMO an impact engine or are using terms like strategy delivery office. The reason for that is that that is more descriptive of what they're there to do and the value they bring to the table. So the first thing you need to do is rethink where your value proposition really is. Okay, so with that understood, let's talk specifically about things you can do to get your seat at the table. One, you need to understand the business. It's funny, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who was in a professional speaking program with me, and he also supports PMO leaders and strategy development, strategy delivery leaders. Uh, Shout out to you, Jonathan. And he said that one of the first things he asks PMO and project managers is if they've read their company's 10K. Now, if you are not in a publicly traded company, your company won't have a 10K. But if you are in a publicly traded company, that's the document that is used to give a financial picture of what is going on with the company, right? And so it talks about revenue and assets and liabilities and all the things that investors would want to know. But here's the thing, you're an investment manager for your company. So you really need to understand the financial picture of the company. Do you get that? Your business leaders are giving you budget, funding, resources, time, energy, focus to create better outcomes, those desired business outcomes in the form of projects. So each of those projects is actually an investment. And that investment is in your hands to help make sure it gets delivered. Now, if you're a PMO leader and not directly managing projects, you're still providing the infrastructure and the support to ensure that those projects get delivered. So you and the project managers in the organization are investment managers. And therefore, you have a fiduciary responsibility to the organization to ensure that that investment yields the highest possible return that it can. Now, return isn't always dollars. There could be mission objectives accomplished. There could be things like customer satisfaction ratings, employee satisfaction ratings, or tons of other brand building things that you might be measuring. But whatever those desired outcomes are, that is the return. And so you have to make sure that the investment is well managed to get to that return. Now, if you don't work for a publicly traded company, this still applies to you. If you're in a nonprofit, if you're in a government organization, if you're in a small business startup, it doesn't matter. It's all the same thing. It's still an investment in time, energy, focus, and resources in addition to money to actually make these projects happen. So you must be an investment manager, which means you have to think like a business leader and you have to understand the business that you're in. You also wanna be looking at the strategy. What is the strategy of the organization? Do you know that Harvard Business Review said that 95% of the typical workforce does not understand their company's strategy? You might be one of those people. Now, I remember different periods of time where I was working where when you're like down and in and focused on the projects, you might forget the why, why you're doing what you're doing. And it's super important, one, that you never forget, and two, that you make sure no one else ever forgets. And if the strategy is not clear, you keep asking questions until it is. If the strategy is documented, you read it. You meet with the authors. You ask them about what the strategy is meaning to do, the purpose, and how to know what success looks like. 
If it's not documented, you can ask some of these same questions to help them figure it out. And all you have to do is say, listen, if you want the desired business outcomes that you're trying to get to, I have to understand why we're doing what we're doing so I can help articulate that on your behalf to the teams so that we can get those better business outcomes so that your strategy is realized. And this is where I'm going to give you a sneak peek of the punchline at the end of all of this. Don't you dare wait for permission. You do not need permission to ask questions about what the business problems are that you're trying to solve about why these projects matter. That is your responsibility. So do not wait for somebody to allow you to ask questions about strategy. That's ridiculous. You have to ask these questions and understand the business that you're supporting. So if you're feeling like you have to ask permission to ask these questions, stop it. Stop it immediately and just start asking these questions. And you don't need to just ask your boss. And if your boss is one of those super protective micromanaging people that are standing in the way of your success, you need to start learning how to build better relationships with other stakeholders. You should be having conversations with people outside of your immediate chain of command to learn about the organization. Go talk to your business leaders. Don't ask permission. Go schedule a coffee with them. Go befriend their assistant and say, hey, you know what? I'm new to the organization or I'm responsible for this now. And I really want to make sure that I'm clear so that I can ensure the strategy is delivered or email them directly and tell these people that do understand what the strategy is, what your mission is, what your goal is, and that you are there to ensure that their strategy is realized with the highest ROI possible. And to do that, you want to make sure that you are clear on what the strategy is and what better way than to hear it right from the person that created the strategy. Don't wait for permission. It's your job to understand the business and then be able to communicate that with your stakeholders and others that are responsible for executing on that strategy. Number two, you have to be able to communicate the value of the PMO. You must be able to articulate the value that you're bringing to the organization And it's not just in on time on scope on budget. It's not just in the number of PMs or the number of PMPs you have or the number of templates you have or the steps in the process. You've got to be able to show how you're moving the needle for the organization, how you are creating real value. Remember, EVM, earned value management, is actually kind of a joke. And what I mean by that is it doesn't actually show value. You can absolutely use EVM metrics to tell you how much money you've spent and how much time has gone by, but it does not tell you anything about value. So I want to be clear that it's a cool metric that tells you progress, but it doesn't actually tell you if you accomplished that scope that you were supposed to accomplish in the amount of money you've spent, in the amount of time that you've taken. And even if you had scope, like if you use something old school like function points, anyone remember that? that tell you how many parts of the functionality you've created, it still doesn't tell you whether or not the value is going to be achieved for that scope. That's all about getting to desired outcomes and ensuring that those desired outcomes are on track to be met and how they will be met. And by the way, that's a really important place that the PMO can play that a project cannot. Once a project is over, the project team usually disappears and goes on to other things. But only once that project is complete, do you start actually measuring whether or not it was worth doing in the first place? You can predict before it's done, but it isn't until after it's done and in use that you start to see the measurable value and return for that investment. 
So a PMO that is a sustainable business unit, not around for a particular project and then disappears, is the kind of organization that can be around to measure those kinds of results and report them back to the business leaders. So that's a really important way for you to show value and communicate the value you bring to the table that isn't just about on time, on scope, on budget. All right, another one, relationships. The third one that I want you thinking about is developing strong relationships. You should be, and I started talking about this already, building strong stakeholder relationships with everyone in your organization that is a part of the strategy delivery process. When you go watch my new free training, sign up for one of the upcoming dates, and we will talk about the places you can be providing value and how to talk to your stakeholders about all of that and where you should be supporting the whole strategy lifecycle. So think about ways that you can do casual coffees and quick stop by the office. Do you have 15 minutes? And hey, can I bring you in on this challenge? Or, you know, some people say pick your brain. That kind of grosses me out. But, you know, hey, I'd love to get your insight on a few things that I have been trying to figure out. The best way to build a relationship with someone is to build a relationship with someone. Ask them questions. Don't just be constantly in selling mode about the PMO. Ask them questions, get their insight, let them talk about their pain points. We do a lot of work in the impact engine system to guide our students through the process of the right questions to ask and how to engage stakeholders and how to get their input and how to really get a good sense of the challenges and pain points they have. And then use that to build even stronger relationships with them as you start solving their pain points. Remember, you got to give them what they want before you give them what they need. So you have to take the time to address those burning challenges that they have. And nothing's going to build a relationship with a stakeholder better than solving something that's challenging or frustrating to them. So that's a great way to do that. Number four, get stuff done. In our impact driver framework, the step that is P is perform relentlessly. It's instill focus, measure outcomes, perform relentlessly, adapt to thrive, communicate with purpose and transform mindset. Perform relentlessly is all about that. It's about driving real results. And that means we need to streamline and optimize and simplify and do things in a way that are going to get to those business outcomes faster, which means we look at where can we not have a template or a tool or a process? Where can we simplify? Where can we streamline? Where can we take this 14 page document and make it one? Those kinds of things help to accelerate progress. A lot of times we put so much information in front of people that it slows them down. More data isn't always better. More data actually can make things more complicated. So if you can find a way to get people focused on just what they need to drive actions and decisions and get to results, everything will move faster. So you have to know how to communicate your value, measure your value, and be really focused on getting to business results. So ask yourself, how are you increasing the success of projects? You absolutely can say we're getting better at on time, on scope, on budget, and we are increasing efficiencies and we are saving money, but also we are driving a higher return on investment. We're getting to our mission-oriented metrics faster. Whatever that looks like for you, you've got to make sure that you are demonstrating results in a way that communicates value in the language the business leaders speak. And you have to keep iterating your way to impact. Number five is all about continuous improvement. In our impact engine system, we teach our program participants to iterate their way to impact. We show them how to use an agile implementation approach to create this continuous value delivery cycle again and again and again 
where they keep improving and adding more services and capabilities and getting results in front of their stakeholders faster. You should be looking for ways to continuously improve your processes, your tools, your services, so that you're staying relevant and creating even more value for the organization. That means you want to be learning, continuously learning. One of the big lessons from your peers that I talked about in episode 197 was all about continuous learning and making sure that you're not just randomly Googling your way to a PMO or trying to chat GPT your way there. Instead, find mentors, coaches. Maybe it's even me because you're listening to this podcast. Find people that have been there, that have done that, that have had countless successes themselves and many different organizations, as well as with their students and clients and program participants and coaching students, so that you can learn from a vast array of lessons learned and techniques that will work for your specific situation. None of this cookie cutter nonsense. So stay on top of the emerging trends and the best practices in not just project management, but in strategic planning, strategic alignment, strategy development, strategy definition, strategy realization, and all of the aspects that support the whole strategy lifecycle. And these are concepts that I cover in that free training. So definitely do check that out. And finally, number six, sometimes you just have to take it. What am I talking about? That seat at the table, of course. What I have found is that the people that do the work, like if you're already doing all the things that I'm talking about here, you already are showing a lot of value, but you may not have been invited into those conversations yet. And so you may have to just work your way into those conversations. I'm talking about the executive level conversations. They don't realize they need you there and they don't realize how much value you can bring to those conversations. If they're talking about the strategy, you can help them figure out what's doable, what's reasonable, what's practical, what is possible, right? But you got to think like them and think like a business leader and think open-minded, not like, no, 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 we can't do this, right? You have to be a business leader to be in these conversations. But you also can show them the things that they aren't seeing. When our program participants get to the end of stage two, where they've done all this assessment work and they have started to really articulate the pain points that the organization has and they feed that back to their business leaders, a lot of times their business leaders are in shock. They don't realize all the problems that are happening that are causing them to not be able to get their strategy delivered. They don't realize the pain points. So we like to put those pain points all on a presentation and say, here's what your teams are saying. Here's what they're experiencing. Here's what you told me, leadership team. Here's what your pain points are and really give them time to focus on that. Most business leaders, good business leaders will say, wow, I didn't realize this was happening. And now that I know, here's what I want to do about it. Now, ideally they should know all of this, but if they did, they would have fixed it already and you wouldn't be in the position you're in. So let's assume that nobody's talking to them because you work in a hierarchical organization and people are afraid to tell them the truth. And so even if they ask, people won't tell them. You have to be the one to tell them the truth. And that's how you earn their trust. That's how you earn credibility. And then you have to be able to say, would you like some help with that? I've got your back here. I know how to address this. I know how to fix this. Let's do this together. That's how you earn your seat at the table. You become invaluable to them. You give them insight they don't have. You open doors for them to see things that they didn't even know were happening in their own organization. And another little secret, your confidence will get you there faster than you think. A lot of times, folks in your position 
wait for an invitation. They ask permission. And that's not generally what business leaders do. Business leaders don't wait for permission. Business leaders act. Business leaders show results. Business leaders provide the information that they need to provide. And business leaders take their seat at the table because they have the confidence, they have the knowledge, they have the results to back it up. And they just know that that's what they're supposed to do. And frankly, with a lot of folks, especially if the PMO is new to an organization, you can get away with just explaining to your business leaders, this is how it's done if you want to do it right. And it can't be, this is how it's done. We're going to shove a bunch of templates and process and methodology at everybody. This is a different conversation. This is the conversation that says, this is how it's done if you want to achieve a high return on investment for your strategy. If you want to solve X, Y, and Z pain point you've been talking to me about. And you can't have that conversation if you haven't been asking those questions, right? So you have to be asking the right questions. You have to do your homework. You have to build the relationships. You have to build the credibility by communicating your value, getting the results, demonstrating those results, continually improving. And then you can take your seat at the table, my friend, because you've done the good work and people are seeing it. You don't ever have to sell the value of the PMO because the results speak for themselves. And when the results start speaking for themselves, people are going to listen when you tell them this is how it needs to be done to keep getting better and better results. So take the seat at the table, my friend, earn it, and then go into that conversation with confidence. Know that you belong there. And if you do the good work and invest in yourself and invest in getting this right, you will have the confidence that you need in order to change the game for your organization. So much of this is about confidence. And you might've heard, fake it till you make it. Well, I had heard that too. And my professional speaking coach years ago wrote a book called Steal the Show. And in his book, he actually covers a lot of things about confidence. And one of the things that he says, shout out to Michael Port, he is awesome. He says, that it's not about faking it till you make it as much as it is about acting as if. So what does that mean? Acting as if is all about just do the things that the person that is confident would do. The person that feels experienced would do. Just be the person that you are trying to become. And then you are the person that you have been trying to become. And it seems so simple. And you're probably saying, yeah, Laura, that's easy for you to say after doing this kind of work for 25 years. Oh, heck no, my friend. Let me just tell you, I didn't have it all figured out. When I first started doing this work, I had no idea what I was doing, but I asked a lot of good questions, built a lot of relationships, and learned a lot of things along the way. Sometimes the hard way, which is what I'm trying to save you from. And my professional speaking career, oh my gosh, if I could just tell you how scared I was the first time I got on stage on a panel to talk to people about what I knew about PMOs and... The only thing that got me through it, besides my dear friend, Mike Hannon, shout out to you for being so amazing and helping me there, was that I realized that I had information that the people in the audience needed and that it was my job to help them and that I could help them if I only believed in myself that I had information that was valuable to them. And so what I did is I shifted to become in service of those in the audience and in service of helping them achieve better outcomes and in service of them not having all the pain points and headaches and frustration and overwhelm that I had experienced. And that changed things for me. I acted as if I was confident until I became confident. 
So you can act as if too, and you can be confident that you have done the work as long as you've done the work. So get to know your business, read the 10K, read the strategy, ask the right questions, understand the strategy of your organization and the desired outcomes your business leaders are trying to get to. Communicate the value of the PMO and actually be delivering real value in terms the business leaders appreciate. Build those stakeholder relationships. That is the key to your success. You must do change with people and through people, not to people, which means you have to have strong partnerships in the organization. And then get it done. Perform relentlessly. Get those big results and keep improving and keep going and keep going and keep going. Keep iterating your way to impact. If you do those things, you will have earned your seat at the table and then it will be time, my friend, to just take that seat at the table. Trust yourself, trust the process, lean in and just get it done. You belong at that table and your business leaders need you there to be successful. So act as if until you have that confidence that you need to feel really strong at that table in the conversations you need to drive to support your organization in delivering on their strategy. And by the way, it's so much easier to do if you've actually delivered. So go get it done. Before we go, don't forget, if you want to learn more about how you can define, measure, and communicate value for your PMO, definitely check out my free masterclass on doing just that. Go to pmostrategies.com forward slash value. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash value. All right, that's it for this episode. I'm so excited to have shared with you some really specific ways to get and keep that seat at the table. And if you love what you're hearing in these episodes, please leave a rating and review and download these episodes to take with you no matter where this high impact journey goes next. Bye-bye for now.